0: How's it going? Good, how are you? Good. Uh, your name is Ruth. Your name's Josephine. Yes, and this is called My Favourite Musical. Yeah, it's a podcast and this is the very first ever
1: episode. Ever.
0: Ever. Um, this was supposed to happen a long time ago though.
1: It's true. Um, Life got in the way.
0: <laughs> yes, we'll say that. We'll yeah. We'll say that. I'm just very flaky. No. No. Well, sometimes. Hmm.
1: That's okay. Sometimes.
0: We're here now. Yeah, here we are. Recording. I know. Okay, I found the document. Excellent. Uh, so, let me just... No, you start because this was your idea. This We're here because of you. Well, look, Josephine and I love podcasts.
1: Let's put it that way. And obsessed. Obsessed. With many podcasts. Yeah. Um, I have a long commute each day and uh, I listen to podcasts all the way there and all the way home. Yes. And... Um, I thought, what can we have a podcast about? And, and what
0: do we both love? That's right. Musicals.
1: Musicals. And you'll find that you can't get too much nerdier people than us.
0: <laughs> just generally too, not just musicals. Well, that's musicals. true, not just
1: musical theatre, but particularly about musical theatre. Yeah. And we've been that way pretty much our whole lives. Forever. And certainly in the time that we've known each other, which, which is, is also a good 15 years. Yeah. yeah.
0: Is it 15 years?
1: I reckon. Mm. More. More. Mm.
0: I'd say more. Yeah. So uh, Ruth and I met doing a musical.
1: It's (laughs) true.
0: What was the first one we did? Cinderella? Cinderella.
1: We did a pantomime of Cinderella.
0: Oh, that was a good show.
1: With Gosford Musical Society Juniors. What was your role? I was uh, in the ensemble. So was I. (laughs) Excellent. But then we did Guys and Dolls straight after that.
0: Yeah, yeah. That was fun. Josephine
1: was Sarah Brown. Sergeant Sarah Brown. Sergeant Sarah Brown, sorry. And I was General Cartwright. (laughs) We ran the mission together, really.
0: Yeah. If you're General Cartwright, then I'm Sergeant Sarah Brown. Well, true.
1: I didn't have a first name, though.
0: Oh, you didn't make one up? You didn't develop your character? Probably not.
1: (laughs) I think my whole character was be evil and I had a massive hair which was beautiful
0: yeah that was a good hair yeah
1: really good took a long time before each show
0: you should you should incorporate that into your life that hair maybe
1: I feel like that's not the right decision to make
0: and wear a jaunty hat on top of it
1: true true (laughs) uh
0: yeah so we have known each other for a long time and we've loved musicals for a long time and we love podcasts
1: it's true so what better thing to do than to make a podcast about musicals correct Yeah.
0: Okay, so Ruth, um, you, the great thing about you is that you see a lot of musicals live shows. I see
1: a lot of musicals.
0: Many, many more than I do. That is true. Because I'm very cheap. Look, it's not just that.
1: It's also that I'm obsessed, and I'm also kind of obsessed with like, I'm a bit of a completionist so it's things like i'm obsessed with the fact that i've seen a certain show on broadway in the west end in australia like i love being able to say that about certain shows um i have a list of every best musical tony winner and when i see it i mark off if i've seen that one there's still so many to go i mean we just there's so many we'll never see in australia oh, basically but i am seeing kiss me kate in a few months and that's one i've never seen before
0: oh wow yeah have you seen the film though no, you see, I don't know not know that I have. No, so that's the difference between us. Yes, I've that's seen all true.
1: Of films. That's true. That was never my childhood, yeah. you know. Um, but yeah, it's, for me, it was always more cast recordings than
0: the film has. Howard Keel.
1: Okay. Yes, With... you love you loved all those films. Oh, I'm
0: so into it. Yeah. That would be an interesting musical because I like Taming of the Shrew.
1: It's Kelly O'Hara who oh. I will see in anything.
0: Yeah. Right. Fair enough.
1: She's incredible. Yeah. So I'm, I'm keen. I'm keen. I've never seen it before. I'm
0: keen I wonder how it dates though it's quite sexist I
1: think that it will be a much updated version Mm. it's one of those ones where they update them yeah good yeah
0: uh okay so you're seeing kiss me Kate have you seen anything else recently though
1: uh, that's on my best musical list.
0: Well, just generally. Um, we saw In the Heights We recently. did. We did
1: with our good friend Joseph Klob, played yes. Benny. Yes. Um, that was really emotional for me. In the Heights, which I'm sure we'll cover at some point in the podcast, um, is probably my second favourite musical of all time. Mm. And uh, Joe played, uh, over 10 years ago, Joe was Aladdin mm. uh, when I directed it and uh, in a production of... Aladdin Jr. And um, basically... (laughs) That at that point in the heights had just come out, and I played the cast recording for him in the car when we were on our way to a photo shoot or something like that. And I was I was newly obsessed with it; it had just come out, and I just said, you know, this is this is what musical theatre should, you know, can sound like. Like it's so different, you know, and all these sorts of things. And and he loved it immediately. And we've always listened to it together over that ensuing ten years. So when he got Benny um, in this professional, you know, his first professional musical um, in In the Heights, I I cried cried when he told me and then I cried when he started singing 96,000 yes. when we saw it a couple of weeks ago because I, and I don't, it takes a lot for me to get emotional in a show, but just, we've just, I mean, we, we like snuck away at our wedding and, and sang that, you know, it's and a very
0: special yeah, one, to be fair,
1: absolutely. And Benny sings that beginning bit of 96,000, like how many times had I watched that Tony's clip of them doing it, you know, and how then, many
0: times had you, I can't, 96,000 times,
1: 96,001. <gasps>
0: Amazing. Yeah. You should get one of those clickers. Absolutely. <laughs> um, I haven't seen – well, I saw In the Heights, but other than that, I don't really see many musicals. Mm. There's also not really much to see in Australia. Compar- like you travel to New York a lot. You travel to New York a lot. It's true.
1: It's true. I go there for work, which I'm very lucky to do, and so I get to see things while I'm there. Mm-hmm. Um, but that is where I see – I would say I see the majority of my musicals whilst there. Of course. Um, each year. But we're very lucky to have the Hayes Theatre – in Potts Point, um, a dedicated space, um, you know, specifically for small scale musicals, it's only a hundred seat theater. And like, I would say just that theater existing over the past, you know, four or five years has upped the amount of musicals I see in Australia by a huge amount.
0: Yeah. It would more than have doubled it. Yeah,
1: definitely. Definitely. And there's been some great stuff there over the years.
0: (sighs) Big fish shout out right now. Yeah.
1: That was beautiful. That production.
0: We'll be talking about that one day. Anyway. Um, my favourite musical. Uh, yeah, what are we his, here to do? Here's my proposal. Okay. So um, <laughs> we just we just obviously talk about nonsense. But I reckon we choose our favourite musical and obviously we each have about a million favourite musicals and we just talk about that our favourite musical. So you would choose your favourite musical and I know you've got like a lot.
1: It's true. And you
0: could talk about any of them off the top of your head probably. Probably. Uh, and I will talk about my favourite musical that day And then we, hilarity ensues.
1: Indeed. And maybe uh, listeners get to learn a bit more about whatever said musical is. That's right. Lucky them. Yeah. Mm. I like it. Uh, I like it.
0: So, do you want me to go first?
1: Sure. Because
0: I have uh, my favorite, this is my actual favorite musical. Excellent. Well, I I
1: figured we would, you know, we'd pick our actual favorite musicals today. So,
0: have you picked your number one favorite musical? I have picked my
1: number one favorite musical.
0: Uh, Okay, okay. So, um, mine is quite strange, I think. Maybe. It's Sunday in the Park with George by Stephen Sondheim.
1: Of course. I already knew that about you.
0: Yeah. If, uh, anyone who knows me knows that. Because um, I love it because it's a very long title and I like saying <laughs> That's it. That's part of why you love it. <laughs> it's a really awkward title to say. Yeah. Uh, but mainly I did um, I did a, like a mini version. I just did act one as a production when I was at uni and I was cast as Dot, which is the main female lead. And as soon as... As soon as we started, I just fell in love with the show. Like I'd, I'd known about it, but when, once you do it and you become immersed in the world of this show, you just can't help but fall in love with it. Yeah. So I think the and the story, I mean the the whole concept of the show, it would just like paralleled my life as a performer and as an mm. artist. And anyway, so it was yeah, it's it. It's my favorite show because it speaks to me in a way that no other show. Ever has, yeah. or I think ever will. And
1: it became your favourite show once you'd done it at uni, yeah. do you think? Yeah.
0: I think I intellectually really liked it. Yeah. Once I'd done it, then it was on like a whole new level. Yeah, so I wonder, although I have lots of musicals that I love that I have Yeah, done, but, yeah. Um, basically, very brief synopsis, and chime in, because I know you know this musical, <laughs> uh, and I'm not going to tell you much, but it's uh, Act 1, it's like, it's 1884, it's based on the... Um, the famous painter Georges Seurat, who, you know, is a French pointillist and he's, like, sketching in the park, uh, doing studies for his painting uh, the Sunday afternoon on the island of La Grande Jatte. Yeah. And so basically it's, like, George and his mistress and it's all about his struggle to find time to do, you know, to to focus on his art and how everything else in his life gets, like, thrown by the wayside. And there's all these, like, random characters in the park that eventually end up in the painting but it's basically just George, how he just can't manage his own personal life. Yeah. Or he has no personal life because art is number one, Um, which, like... And then you get, like, that beautiful song, you know, about how he doesn't want... He, he's so passionate about art That everything That he would jeopardise His own personal happiness mm. without, You know um, Finishing the hat Yeah Which is the most beautiful song of And often
1: time. considered Yeah one of the greatest songs it In is, the musical theatre canon
0: But I mean For very good reason Yeah and it's such The whole show is This beautiful metaphor For what it means To be an artist And so not just like a fine artist Like he was But just any sort of Struggling to find your mark And, mm. and then balancing The rest of your life Because so much of your life Is creating something
1: yeah, the uh the the foyer of the theater in the Hudson Theater where the most recent Broadway revival was on had one of those neon signs, you know, where they make um the words out of the neon mm. and it just had um, you know, anything you do let it come from you yeah. then it will be true, like just written massive neon letters just mm. in the foyer of the theater. It was it yeah. was gorgeous, yeah.
0: Well, So like act two, whatever, it's it's all... Anyway, the the storyline doesn't really matter because it's mainly a metaphor. But what I love is the the history of this production because, and I know that you know this, but maybe our listeners don't. Um, Basically, Merrily We Roll Along Mm -hmm. had just sort of closed on Broadway. I think it had only done... It closed
1: very quickly. Yeah. yeah, it was like twenty. Yeah, maybe, it maybe was like real, sixteen performances yeah. or something,
0: and it had like scathing reviews. Yeah,
1: there's an amazing documentary called um, "Best Worst Thing That Ever Could Have Happened." I think oh. that is the name of it, but it's a really great doco about because the original
0: Merrily is a beautiful, yes, yeah, stunning show. Uh, but it was completely panned, and Sondheim said Stephen Sondheim, the god of of all, uh, said he was going to quit musical theater, mm. um, which is just like, oh my gosh, we're talking early '80s, like this is before. Before a whole bunch of amazing things happened that he was actually going to quit. Uh, but then his friend, James Lapine, uh, you know, told him to come and look at this amazing art and they went and looked at the painting, you know, the Sunday afternoon um, painting by Georges Seurat and they were just completely inspired. Yeah. And, and so literally the whole musical being a metaphor for how to create art and how to create that balance has come from this place of incredible honesty from Sondheim who's like, I want to quit and I don't know how to do this and no one likes what I do. And then he found this inspiration. Mm. Um, I think, oh, I've got this really cool. This is just like, this is hearsay, but apparently Lapine commented on the lack of the artist in the painting. So if, mm. you, know, if you know the painting that we're talking about, um, the artist isn't in it. So it's, it's obviously just a study of uh, Yeah, what's park. happening. Yeah. Yeah. And so James mentioned that. And so then from all of that, this observation, this is a quote, provided the springboard for Sunday and the production evolved into a meditation on art, emotional connection and community and that. Is exactly what happened. It was just really super cool. So the show opened off Broadway in 1983. It ran for 25 performances, but they only did the first act. Yeah, which is interesting. And if you if you know the show, that makes sense because the first act is like it's It's quite standalone. Yeah, yeah. and I'm I'm actually not a huge fan of Act Two. Yeah, right. Like I don't think it's necessary, but it's still my favorite musical. Mm. Hmm. I wonder
1: if I wonder if I wonder if they would ever give people the opportunity to just licence Act 1. I wonder. I thought that Act 2 was interesting um, watching it live because it was a real um, study in what art became in the modern world and, and obviously they had a real... Um, in Act Two, you know, obviously he's not a painter. He's kind of like a modern, yeah, makes like a art sculpt. installations, yeah, yeah. 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 And so, so the, the
0: story of that is like it's supposed to be like his great grandson. Yeah, he's an artist yeah. himself in in New York. And
1: basically, um, and the same actor plays, you know, the the great grandson yeah. um, as in the first act. And um, yeah, I thought that that was really interesting, and and seeing the actual installation that they had made, which kind of. In that production, the most recent Broadway revival sort of descended from the ceiling oh, in, cool. of the auditorium, kind of well, thing. Well, I
0: know, like in Melbourne, Melbourne's production, they had the audience had to wear three D glasses for the wow the oh, chrom Because yeah. um, in the original Broadway, they call it the chromolium, but anyway, oh yeah. yeah so in Melbourne, they had to wear three D glasses for it. So I think the second act's more about like, oh, look at that now, it's super cool and different and trendy. But I still think Act One is perfect. Yeah. In it. And I'm including, like, I think it's hot in here should not exist, but right. So there's a there's this uh, there's random song at the beginning of Act Two called "It's Hot Up Here," and it's just all of the characters in the painting singing about being in a painting. Mm. But it doesn't relate to Act Two at all. Do you like? Um, I've never talked to you about that. Actually. Yeah,
1: look, I do I wouldn't say I have. a a particularly strong opinion one or the other or the other that's the first time I'd seen it on stage Uh, um
0: how did they do it I I think
1: that you uh, goodness I might be remembering this wrong but basically they could they kind of had a stage that you'd step up on and um it was all kind of covered in black and that was the painting yeah yeah and then they kind of once they're into the second act and it was modern they would sort of step down off that stage and then it was kind of like a free-for-all and they'd sort of broken that wall of yeah right. um you know they weren't sort of stuck in the painting anymore kind of thing or stuck in that time Jeez. Okay. if i'm remembering it correctly That's which i might not be it was a couple of years ago
0: um yeah well i'm very jealous that i i didn't see that revival obviously it was only in new york but anyway whatever uh where was i oh yeah so uh, unfortunately It received a bunch Of Tony nominations That year mm. It received like Ten I think Yeah And it won two But it was mainly For like The design. original Yeah the original yeah. Broadway production Because Lakaja Leca- um Lecarge Foll Yeah Won a bunch That year And there was even Like there was a comment I think from um, What's his name Jerry, Jerry Herman Jerry Herman yeah. Said something in his Acceptance speech Like Yeah
1: quite pointedly
0: Yeah right? it was You know like Oh ov- obviously audiences Really love simple Hummable tunes Or something Nonsense so Yeah Whatever uh, but anyway, the major the major revival that's been most recent was the Jake Gyllenhaal one, yeah. which I know you love, but I'm very mixed about.
1: Well, I think, but I, you know, I do think there's a difference between listening to the cast recording and seeing it. Like sometimes you just get a, a much better appreciation having seen a production mm. and then going, oh, well, I'm used to hearing these people sing those parts. So listening to the cast recording isn't such a, yeah, you know. Totally. Um, whereas also like you've, you've gotten to know that original recording so well that hearing anyone else do it, especially just on another cast recording Mm. can be a bit, you know, that's not what I want, you know. Exactly, yeah. So I think that that happens a bit. Um, And I also find that if I don't know a show that well and there's a new cast recording made and I'm getting into the show that sometimes listening to a more modern recording is just a bit a bit of an easier way in ah. than listening to something that was maybe made thirty or forty years ago. I think it's and, more and, accessible, yeah. Just a bit more, literally, just a bit more accessible for my ears. You know, just mm. like um, that's
0: interesting. More modern
1: recording techniques and the instrumentation and everything, and, even vocal
0: style. Like mm, I noticed correct. The, the revival, just the singers of, even in that amount of time. This is not that long. What's that thirty? Yeah. thirty something years, thirty five yeah. years. A big difference in style. Absolutely. Hmm. Yeah. I'm. I'm not a fan purely because I'm very passionate about the original Broadway cast. Yeah. But I am happy to be wrong about that. Um. I have some fun facts. Yes. Do you want to hear? Absolutely. Um, You will love this. The London production, Mm -hmm. which uh, starred Philip Quast,
1: is that like the original one? Yeah. The original.
0: In that year, it beat Into the Woods at the Olivier Awards for this musical. Which, Up against each other. Yeah. Love that. Yeah, because they were quite close in time. And you love that London production of Into the Woods.
1: Well, I'll talk about that a bit. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Maybe later. Oh,
0: really? Um, <laughs> another fun fact, which I actually didn't know, was that in the off Broadway production, Kelsey Grammer was the soldier. Oh, I feel like Sunday I had her.
1: read that at some point. That's yeah. amazing. Which
0: is super cool. We actually just missed seeing him when we saw Finding Neverland in New York.
1: No, oh, yeah, I, I saw him in that. Oh, did you? Yeah.
0: How was he? He was fine. (laughs) I'm a huge Kelsey Grammer fan, but only because of 30 Rock. Yeah. Because he was awesome in 30 Rock.
1: Yeah, don't get me wrong. He's awesome in lots
0: of things. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And I saw this amazing interview because I'm a huge Mandy Patinkin fan. Like, I'm just, like, obsessed with Mandy. He did this interview on, like, American Morning TV where he saw the revival and he just – apparently he just cried throughout the entire revival because he's so passionate about Sunday in the Park. Like just a minute it started He was just He's so soft
1: Yeah Such a mensch
0: Yeah he went backstage And just cried with Jake Yeah
1: My Mandy Patinkin story Is that when They released the Menier Chocolate Factory Merrily We Roll Along uh, At cinemas I went and saw it This is years ago now I went and saw it Down in Paddington In Sydney and uh, Manny Patinkam was there, oh watching, watching the same screening. <laughs> and I think he was on tour. Maybe that was when he was on tour with oh, Paddy yeah. LaPone. So he it might have been two thousand and nine, I guess.
0: Like he just bought a ticket and off he went. Yeah,
1: just to the cinema in Paddington, and oh, yeah, he was just, the just in the cinema with us.
0: <laughs> I would, I would be very embarrassing. I know that. Would you? Yeah, I would. Yeah, I know. Um, so I did, I did a like a Dreamcast yeah show, absolutely, but. Um, my dream cast features most of the original Broadway cast. So my dream George is Mandy Patinkin. Uh, well, But Mandy Patinkin circa 1984. Okay. And my dream dot is Bernadette Peters circa 1984. Right. And my dream Jules, which is like um, George's like artist friend slash rival, I'd like to see Kelsey Grammer in that because I'm a big Kelsey Grammer Interesting. Fan and I'd like to see him get back to Sunday in the Park. Yeah. And I thought for Yvonne... Um, Christine Baranski. Oh, yeah. She was one of the original... Uh, she was original Celeste, I think. Okay. In yeah, interesting. And I, like, I loved her in The Birdcage. Yeah. Obviously, she's done a sack of other stuff, but... Um, and I thought for the old lady, Christine Ebersol.
1: I mean, I would see her in anything.
0: Totally, She's right?
1: incredible. But
0: that role, like, I don't know who played her in the revival. You
1: mean his... Um, the mother. Okay. So it was... Annalie Ashford both times, right? No,
0: no. In the first act, oh, in the you first know the old act, lady who oh, mother? Yeah. Oh, George's I can't mother. remember to be honest. Well, all I know is that that song, "Beautiful," on the revival cast recording, it just doesn't have the same power as the original. And I think you need someone who's quiet. I don't know, vulnerable. And I think Christine Ebersole could be that person. Yeah, right. Because that, to me, whoever, who was in the original Broadway production was the same woman who was Jack's mother in Into the Woods. Oh,
1: wonderful. And she's
0: really ma- magic. She's just magical because that song is just amazing. And I'd love to see the guy who understudied um, Charles Froman in Finding Neverland when we saw it. He just- would be... Just, Just that the, random person. Yeah. He would be a really good boatman,
1: but okay. I, I don't know what
0: his name is. He understudied Charles Froman in about two thousand and like January two thousand and sixteen.
1: Yeah, right. Okay.
0: <laughs> Find that guy, and he would be good as the boatman.
1: What's That's the uh, What's the mother's name? The old, old lady's lady. name. It's
0: called Old Lady. Her name's
1: Penny Fuller. who played it in the most recent revival. But
0: do we know her, Penny Fuller? I don't know her. Well, she She's done a lot. Older, She's yeah. done
1: heaps. Yeah. But. I,
0: I found her quite like an abrasive old lady. Yeah,
1: right. And she's supposed
0: to be, but not not in that song.
1: Interesting. Mm. Mm, I like it. I yeah. like it.
0: So that's Sunday in the Park with George. That's the most beautiful musical that exists. Excellent. That is my favourite musical. I love it. Mm. I love it. If you want to listen to uh, Sondheim's most genius work, listen to the song Colour and Light yeah. from the original Broadway production, uh, the cast recording, because... Uh, George George Surratt is a pointillist, which is when you like you paint with lots of dots. Yeah. And color and light features pointillism in music, where it's like. Dot, 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 yep. dot, dot, dot. Yeah. So. Love it. Sometimes that's a your that's
1: your like that is that should that be someone's gateway song into the show? Do you think? Oh,
0: I don't know about that.
1: Oh. I Ooh, think should, finishing finishing the hat, the hat? finishing the hat's yeah. the gateway.
0: If you don't know Sunday in the Park with George, just go listen to Mandy Patinkin sing. Finishing the
1: hat. My favorite song from the show is "Move On."
0: Oh, you're wrong.
1: Am I? Yes. It's my favorite song in the show. Maybe
0: we do not belong together.
1: No, "Move On" no, is my favorite. I
0: think you're wrong. I, don't I used think to have you this. Know.
1: I used to listen to this recording of um of Josh Groban singing it with Barbara Ew. Cook. What?
0: <laughs> yeah. What's wrong with you? She's. she's Did you RIP Barbara Cook? But life? um, no, it was on like an album
1: or something. I loved that.
0: I hate that idea. Do you? It's a beautiful song. I also like putting it together. That's another good. That's a good yeah, song. Yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely. Also, the name of a uh, quite popular Sondheim
0: review. Review. Yeah. yeah. With Julie Andrews, she was in it. Yeah. 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 But that was post. That was post Julie Andrews. What, what she can't be good anymore. No, that's not. I just mean it's not like it's not Mary Poppins. <laughs> no, <doing Sondheim>. correct.
1: <laughs> correct. <laughs> it's Poor been. Julie. It's been in I the last. 15 years or so. Yeah. Yeah, 10 be. years. Something after like that. the 80s. I'm going to say early 2000s. Like, oh, That's my guess. I
0: would say 90s. Okay. Okay.
1: We'll look it up after. Yeah, one
0: day. So yeah, Sunday the Park with George. <laughs> yeah, amazing. Thank you. Love it. Thanks. What's yours? Um.
1: Well, my favourite music musical of all time is Into the Woods. And Another Sondheim? Another Sondheim. Look, we promise we won't do double Sondheim slash double composers every week, but okay. it but just, just happens yeah. that... Sondheim is God. Yeah, he's and uh, we love him more than life itself.
0: Next time we'll stagger it. Like you'll yeah. have to. De- if you want to do a Sondheim, you have to declare it. How about that? Yeah. Otherwise, it's a secret. You
1: have to bags it.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah.
1: Put okay. dibs, <laughs> shotgun.
0: We'll eventually run out of sometime musicals. I don't know. No, I don't know either. Yeah,
1: we do love most of them. I love all of them. Yeah, evening um, primrose. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Josephine <laughs> loves evening primrose. It's I, I don't know that I can get behind that. You're wrong. I, uh, I, I support your love of it. That's for sure. All right. Sorry. Into the. So into the woods. So, um, this is sort of. It's definitely one of the first cast recordings. Um, I ever got when I was a kid. Really? Yeah. Did you get it on tape? No it was on CD which is interesting Um, but I think it was when we only had a CD player in the house. In the family room. Yeah like in the lounge room (laughs) Um, certainly whereas I would have had a Walkman that was my own that was cassettes because I know that I had both Jesus Christ Superstar and Joseph on cassette. Um, Those were definitely the two sort of first cassettes I remember having of cast recordings. But, no, this was like a the family-owned, the cast recording. But the strange thing was it was the London cast recording and not the Broadway cast recording. And the thing I keep thinking of, because, I mean, you, you know, like when you look at the cast recordings that have been made of Into the Woods, especially those two original ones, I think most people would feel like the Broadway one is superior in almost every way to the they London cast recording. But um, – and so, A – I don't know why I grew up loving the London cast recording so much, except that it was the first one that I ever listened to. Well,
0: that, but that counts for a lot.
1: Yeah, it does. And But I, I've i now in my adulthood, I think, realised that I do think that the show sounds better in English accents than it does in American accents. <sighs> Only because I think uh, maybe as an Australian, um, my concept of what fairy tales are and fairy tale kingdoms and stuff is, why would they have an American accent? That doesn't make any sense in my head. Whereas English accents, it's that kind of like pantomime, like. You know that sort of thing. That's
0: really interesting. Mm. I've never listened to the London recording. Yeah, and because sometimes an American, it just yeah it makes so much sense. But to me. But it being in this make
1: believe place, I find it kind of interesting that um, you know I have that opinion. But yeah, yeah to me, in, like you know, English accents is it, it, it's more logical for me. As I think just also like, you know, the princes being like kind of yeah, upper class and snooty and those sorts of things. I And, and I feel like with a, with English accents, you can show um, some certain character traits more.
0: Social class. Yeah,
1: correct. Like then than, than American accents. Personally, that's how I feel. Mm. But my other thing that I think about with having that London cast recording is that, you know, where did my parents get that? Like, did Erin HMV stock the London cast recording of Into the Woods? I find that to such, be such a bizarre thing to think about. Maybe
0: they went to like the first borders in Australia. I don't. I,
1: I, it's such a. I don't know.
0: Have you asked them?
1: No, but also they don't like musicals. So I find it very strange that they even owned the London cast recording of Into the Woods.
0: So it wasn't yours. It was, it was the whole thing. It was thing. theirs and
1: I stole it.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, because then it's not like. It's not like they would have been seeking that out.
1: Yeah. Wow. It's very strange. It so, you know, I I listened to that. I wore it out, that CD. And also I had a family friend that I used to watch the PBS filmed version, um, which is mostly the original Broadway cast. Um, I used to watch that obsessively with her. She had it on tape that she'd taped off the television and – um it's
0: a very if you haven't if you want to see into the woods just just Yeah, that.
1: watch that video. It's available
0: on DVD actually. It
1: so. is, yeah. I've got two
0: copies of it if someone would like my spare <laughs> to <copy. borrow>
1: one. <laughs> um so yeah, that's how I got into it and I've loved it ever since. I mean like, you know, I think, you know, you you didn't particularly like um it's hot up here and and I my feeling with into the woods is it's if you just still a bit too long like it's hard Mm. for the the average musical theater goer nowadays to sit through into the woods at
0: how long is it just
1: well pretty much three hours yeah
0: see i always forget that there's a second act of into the Woods. yeah
1: so um i had this in the fun facts section but i'll tell you now one of my favorite fun facts is um that you know music theater international do these broadway junior versions of shows um and basically, the Into the Woods Junior. So it's for you know younger kids yeah. to perform. Into the Woods Junior. is just the first act. See,
0: that makes so much sense.
1: But it also kind of defies the point of the show, <laughs> Josephine. So yeah,
0: yeah. But if you're just a, if you're just a kid and you just want to be uh, Cinderella in a musical, it's perfect. Yeah, correct. But I understand what you're saying. Yeah.
1: So. Um, in terms of what the show's about, uh, you know, there's a few different levels of it. I mean, essentially, it's a, uh, a mashing together of many different fairy tales. So, you know, you've got Jack and the Beanstalk, you've got Cinderella, you've got Rapunzel, you've got Little Red Riding Hood, you know, all these things mixed with a um, mixed with a made up sort of integral story in the middle, which is the baker and the baker's wife, um, which have a been famous ins- fairy tale. Yeah, which have been inserted to, um, you know, sort of to give the thing structure. Um, so, th- like, that's definitely, like, on the surface what it's about, a mishmash of all those different fairy tales. And then um, sort of the key theme is what happens after happily ever after. So, you know, the first act takes us to the logical point at the end of all those fairy tales, which is and they all lived happily ever after. Mm-hmm. And then the second act deals with what happens after. Yeah. And and that's why I think that it's only doing important. the one-act version is, yeah. you know... Maybe not quite what the.
0: Also, some of the best songs are in the second act.
1: It's true. It's true. Um, Elton. And then (laughs) uh, it's just out my dog walking around in the background. Um, If you can hear him. His name's Elton. He's beautiful. He's on
0: his cooling mat.
1: He's on his cooling mat because it's summer and it's very hot. That's cute. Um, And then I also liked, um, sometimes talked about this as well, but. his other theme is that nice does not necessarily equal good. That's mm. kind of the other overriding theme of the show. So you know, there's a lyric um, that the witch sings: uh, "I'm not good. I'm not nice. I'm just right." You know, so it's it's all that moral ambiguity of yeah. you know she's the she's sort of portrayed maybe as the evil witch and yet she is she's right throughout the show you know she makes correct assessments of people and it's um sometimes the most important thing isn't being nice or good or you know those sorts of things so um yeah so that's sort of um the the synopsis and then um, so it began. It did an out of town tryout in San Diego at the Old Globe Theater in 1986. Um, something I thought was interesting was that until that out of town tryout, no one is alone wasn't in the show. Oh, what? So they added it during that out of town tryout, that song. which is like such a it's kind of beautiful. sums up the whole show, right? But I mean, that's pretty common in musicals. Totally. Um, for that, that's those sort of key songs to be added. Um, it then opened at the Martin Beck Theater, which is now called the Al Hirschfeld Theatre. Oh, yeah. So it opened there in uh, the end of 1987. And um, so the Martin Beck is now the Al Hirschfeld and it's Kinky Boots is playing there at the moment. It closes soon and Moulin Rouge is starting there nice. in a few months. Hey, so. that's nice
0: for you. Hey, Moulin Rouge.
1: It is, yeah. The company that I work for is doing merchandise for that show. It's exciting.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um So I'm wondering if you know did Into the Woods win Best Musical at the 1988 Tony Awards? Do you think it did? No, I don't. It didn't? Do you know what it lost to?
0: 1988. Oh, is is it an Andrew Lloyd Webber? It is. Is it Phantom of the Opera? It is. Oh, really?
1: Into the Woods lost to Phantom. Wow, that was actually a legitimate guess. Yeah, amazing. I'm actually
0: very surprised.
1: So it won three Tonys. It won Best Score, Best Book, and Joanna Gleason as the baker's wife won Best Actress. She
0: is amazing. As
1: she deserves.
0: (laughs) Yes, Although other people deserved a Tony for that as well.
1: Yes, correct, correct. <laughs> um, so the other, it's you know, it's been revived a few times over the years. One interesting production was the 2010 London Open Air. So it was done in a park, basically. I love basically, that idea. yeah. And it transferred, they did it in Central Park after they did it Um in London, wasn't
0: there an Australian production in Centennial Park? I think you might be right at some point. I feel like that was before two thousand and ten, though. Yeah,
1: probably. Although that that it was that very specific production that transferred to yes, Central Park, of and in that one, the narrator's played by a little boy.
0: Oh, yeah. So it's like. But then, do they have another character for as the, the mysterious
1: man? Oh, yeah, right, Okay, yeah. so it's not. So you don't have that. But that, also, originally, that wasn't doubled.
0: Yes, I do remember. Yeah,
1: that. which I think is really interesting as well. I
0: guess you know it doesn't. But, it doesn't need to be double. No, it just
1: gives it an extra layer. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that you go, oh. And
1: um, cool. I, the mm. one thing I thought was really cool is the way that they timed it is that the sun was up for the first half and it sort of set by the time they got to oh, the second wow. half. Like I think that would have been really powerful out, out in the Absolutely. open and, and that sort of thing. I love that. And he, when they did it in New York, um, Amy Adams was the baker's wife and Donna Murphy was the witch. And um,
0: I feel like she's not old enough, Amy Adams.
1: As the baker's wife? Yeah. Really? I think she might be in her late 30s, oh, right, maybe 40. Okay.
0: Maybe I just imagine her as like 25. Yeah. I'm uh, sure she's not 25.
1: And then um, it was done off Broadway in 2014. Um, there's a group in New York called Fiasco Theatre who do um, shows at Roundabout Theatre in New York and I saw that production and... Um, Was it good? It worked on certain levels. I think that the um, the actors weren't quite good enough singers, but the idea was it was only done by ten performers and a piano, and that's it. Ten, yeah, just ten. So there was lots of doubling. So things like. I think basically like the princes were also the stepsisters you know there was all these all different right. like doublings um one thing that I loved in that production though was that the cow was just a person with a cowbell being super sarcastic and mm-hmm. walking around like yeah, moo like you know awesome. all right I'll go to this place you know and I thought that worked really well I really liked that in there um uh so another few fun facts um the original cast had One actor, like in in the out-of-town production, one actor played the narrator, the wolf, and the steward. Oh. uh, Which is just such a weird doubling now that, you know, when you think about the show now. And that was changed to basically the narrator doubles with the Mysterious Man and the wolf um, doubles with Cinderella's Prince.
0: Which I thought was, I thought would have always been so ironic. I know, but no, it wasn't. So that's interesting.
1: The original Cinderella and Cinderella's Prince, Kim Crosby and Robert Westenberg met on the show and they're still married. married. They're still married now, which I think is beautiful.
0: Even though... Spoiler, they don't make it in the end no, of the show. Right. <laughs> on, the,
1: um, on the original demo recording, so like, you know, when Sondheim was doing his demos, John Cameron Mitchell, who played and wrote Hedwig, was Jack, oh. which I think is wonderful yeah, as well. Yeah, that's
0: cool. He would have been a great Jack.
1: Yeah. It, uh, yeah. And I because I think he did quite a few sort of like when he was that age, yeah, kind of did right. quite a bit of musical theatre. And um, the film, uh, which a lot of people would have seen, was the first – ever disney feature film adaptation of a broadway musical really yeah when you think about it you know oh. they've gone the other way right yeah, so that's true broadway musicals have been adapted from disney animated films did you
0: like the film
1: oh look i have mixed feelings about the film i liked some elements of it what I elements think, did you like well I, I get what they were doing i get why it was watered down to us like it was a we have to remember it was a disney film yes and i think that um so I get why they watered down certain elements of it. I get why they cut the ensemble. As much as I love all those ensemble numbers, I get not having an ensemble for a film. Yes. You know, um, I thought certain performers were great in it, but then others weren't. In the end, I think it was maybe a bit of a... It was just, um, a, different, it was just yeah, a different story. Yeah, it was, it was kind of a different whole different show, really.
0: I thought it was really mediocre. Did you? I actually hated it.
1: What did you find mediocre about it?
0: All of the performers. All of them? Yes. Okay. <laughs> all of them. Okay. Um, all of the watering down. Did you feel story? like the singing was not strong enough? Yes, or, or absolutely. Or both the singing and the acting? I feel like, yeah, both. Okay. Both.
1: I... I, I didn't feel like the singing was strong enough, but then I kind of expect that going into almost every Hollywood film I just don't musical. Think,
0: I just don't think it's good enough, and I don't think we should support it. Mm. I think we should stop supporting mediocre singing.
1: Interesting. Well, that's probably fair. Uh,
0: it's just like there are enough singers in the world. Just yeah. get a singer.
1: Yeah. I think that there is that uh, we're only going to cast stars. It's
0: just stupid. Yeah. Oh.
1: And then auto-tune the hell out of them as well, which is the other issue.
0: Yeah, that was quite... Upsetting. That's why I've never seen Last Five Years' film.
1: So. You've never seen it? No. Oh, I'm sure we'll talk about that show on another podcast. Mm. Um, a whole different um, podcast we'll called The Last there. Five Years. <laughs> um, and <laughs> I also just wanted to give the example of, and I read this in um, a column uh, on Playbill.com, Seth Rodetsky's weekly column, which I've been reading, I reckon, for 10 years, that column. It's fantastic. You
0: are such a nerd. I know.
1: And um, uh, basically he told this story that Rob McClure told him um, and basically uh, it's his favourite. Uh, Sontime said um, he loves the double meaning in the lyrics of Moments in the Woods. Oh, which I remember is, this. Yeah, I think I've told you this before. So it's... Um, is it always or is it never? And that's what woods are for. For those moments in the woods, and basically, um, he was saying he loves the double meaning as the first one, as if it was that's what woods like W O U L D S for these moments in the woods W-O-O-D-S. Yes, and of course in this, and then so Rob basically checked the score and then said to Sondheim, but they're both written as du- you know W O D S. And he said, well, that's because that's what she's saying. She is saying, the baker's wife is saying words like that, but the audience could hear either meaning of it, you know? Um, So I loved it. It's like classic, like Sondheim, so many layers, you know.
0: I, I can see why it's been parodied so much because like mm. when you even when you say it like I understand because it's so emotional for me but yeah. when you say it it sounds ridiculous yeah it, it sounds actually like a sounds, it sounds
1: stupid. yeah yeah oh, In, into the words is that what you're thinking into of, the words yeah? Yeah. forbidden yeah. broadway does into the words which, which is, is a great rare. parody of it um yeah. and then for my dream casting I I've sort of stuck to the three key roles but I've got a couple of people for each um and uh I Patty Lupone never got to play the witch. I would have loved to see her in her heyday play the witch. So,
0: like her in the (sighs) eighties. Yes, but maybe with—is she beautiful enough? No. Yes, she is. Shut your face. The witch has to be really beautiful. She
1: is beautiful. She is. Maybe. Oh dear. What about Audrey McDonald?
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I totally take that. Yep and then
1: i also want to give a special shout out because titus burgess played it in miami in 2015 the witch.
0: yeah and and
1: billy porter was supposed to in like in the 2002 revival when Vanessa williams ended up playing the role apparently he was in like you know almost final talks to play oh, that part i would love to see that either of those men would be incredible in that titus role
0: because titus burgess is beautiful yeah
1: Incredible, and
0: that voice. He's
1: there's quite. If you look up on YouTube, there's quite a few clips of him singing. Well,
0: that's what I'll be doing tonight. Yeah, absolutely. Sorry, husband. Um, <laughs> the
1: baker. I would love to see either Christian Ball or Norbert Leo Bart's. I think either of them would be beautiful oh. bakers. Norbert Leo Bart's probably getting on a bit now. Circa
0: the nineties, early 2000s. Oh,
1: yeah, he's not that old.
0: I just saw him in recently that show Bloodline. He's oh pretty
1: yeah, old in that he. I mean. We know he's getting on because I just saw him as Alfred Doolittle oh my in God. My Fair Lady. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, but that was a classic miscast. Oh, he was great, but
1: he's a bit too young. For I only it, just saw—I
0: just saw the performance at the Tonys, and yeah, you weren't a fan. No, I weren't a fan.
1: Interesting. Um, and then the Baker's wife. Um, uh, you know, keeping on my musical theatre f- theme, I think that Stephanie J. Block would be an amazing Baker's Who's Wife. That? So she was the Eliza Minnelli in Boy from Oz. F- you know how we watch falsettos um, yeah, on yeah. my birthday? So she's Trina in that. Oh, um, yeah. You would yeah. See- she's she's one of the three shares in the share show at the moment. Okay. She's incredible. Okay. She was also the alpha bar in all the workshops until the oh, final yeah. workshop and then was replaced by Adina kind she's of thing. She's really good. She's incredible. Yeah. So I love her. I'd love to see her take on it um she's also uh if you've ever listened to um nine to five she has that song get out and stay out in that which is like the sort of 11 o'clock number
0: yeah 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 she's got like a powerhouse incredible voice
1: voice, yeah and then my other one which is sort of somewhat Broadway themed also nine to five themed interestingly enough would be Alice and Jenny I think would be she could
0: just do anything though yeah it's true she's a goddess
1: yeah so that's less sort of Broadway thing. but only also like, you know, She'd be um, so good. when Joanna Gleason played it, she wasn't necessarily that strong a singer, and that was part of it, you know, it was ca- casting an actor. It's
0: interesting because Alice and Jenny and Joanna Gleason are quite similar they physically. Are. Yeah. Yeah. Except that Alice and Jenny is just perfect in every way. Yeah. I love her so much.
1: Yeah. So um, that's Into the Woods. I When I was looking sort of, sort of for a musical example, I stumbled upon the 2016 German production, <laughs> of which there's uh, some trailers and things on YouTube. Is uh, it in German? In German, it's called Abend in doesn't
0: have the same ring. Not
1: quite. But Last Midnight in German is particularly excellent.
0: I feel like it would be quite menacing.
1: It's very menacing, <laughs> which is what I loved about it um hope everyone enjoyed it
0: okay this has been my favorite musical episode one yeah will I, there be an episode two i
1: hope so yeah
0: because what's my second favorite musical
1: oh i don't well, know you'll have to tune in to find out
0: oh my goodness
1: yeah all right. all right well thanks josephine thanks ruth all right talk to you next time
0: goodbye bye <laughs>